the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello again and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you have found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants God requires to help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church, located in Los Angeles, California. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. Now, as we begin, Jesus and the disciples are having a rough day. Earlier in Mark chapter 6, they get the news that King Herod has beheaded John the Baptist. Also, you have at this point, uh, the crowds, the people are coming out of the woodwork and the disciples uh, are exhausted. And so Jesus sees that they're exhausted. They themselves haven't eaten. The crowd is large. They want to get away for a little while. So they get out on a boat, but as they're rowing and trying to get to Bethsaida, all the people recognize them and they start running along the shore. Imagine the commotion and the excitement and they're all kind of pointing. And the Bible says when they land, when they land, the crowds are there before the boat even arrives. So much for a little time off, right? But notice verse 34, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had what? He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and so even though they were tired and even though they were hungry jesus began to teach them many things and the story goes that late in the day it had been a full day they're in a very remote place as people are tired and hungry over in john's account jesus turns to philip one of the 12 and he says to philip philip how are we going to feed all these people And Philip began to do the math. He says in John 6, verse 7, Philip answered Jesus, Jesus, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of us to even have a single bite. Mark's account, Jesus turns to the disciples and asks the disciples, how many loaves do you have? And they all kind of look at each other like, well, we don't have anything either. I mean, we've been on the boat with you. We haven't eaten ourselves. Then Jesus said, go and see. Everybody say, go and see. In other words, go out in that crowd and see what you can find. And it's in John's account that it was one of the disciples, Andrew, who finds a boy who's got a little lunch, and uh, he brings this little boy to Jesus, and in that little lunch, they had these five little loaves of barley loaves, and he had two little sardines. Imagine what that must have smelled like. And, and he says, how far will that go among us? In other words, uh, he said, Andrew said, Lord, what is that going to do us? We got close to 10,000 people here. 
In Mark chapter 6, Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish. And he looked up to heaven. He gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to who? To his disciples to set before the people. He also divided those two smelly sardines among them all. And verse 42 says they all ate and were what? Satisfied. You remember what Philip said? He said, if we spent eight months wages, we wouldn't have enough food for everyone to have a single bite. If you have one bite of food, you're still hungry. Jesus took those loaves and those fish and divided and fed close to 10,000 people. And the Bible says all of them ate until they were satisfied. That's a lot of food. Amen. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of leftovers. And the number of men who had eaten was about 5,000. The feeding of the 5,000, the miracle. There are several things I want to talk about that are important for us to see today. Here's the first point. Write this down. Jesus wants us as his disciples to do more than just point out problems. Many of us like to just point out problems people's problems. And I want to show you, uh, I didn't read this to you earlier, but I want to read it to you here in Mark chapter 6, verse 35. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him and they started to point out all the problems. They said, this is a remote place. And they said, it's already very late. They said, Jesus, Jesus, do you know what time it is? Look, Jesus, it's, it's getting late, they said. But they said, Jesus, why don't you send these people from the surrounding countryside to the village and and let them buy something to eat? In other words, we're, we're hungry. It's late in the day. People are tired. There's nothing around here. But notice what Jesus said. He said, you give them something to eat. Now, over in John's account, we read this, that Jesus already knew what he was going to do. Jesus already knew that he was going to feed all these people. But he did all this to test the disciples. I believe that God already has everything in control all the time. But what he wants is he wants us to be involved in the process because we have become professional critics. Some of us are really good at pointing out people's problems. Some of you think it's a spiritual gift that you have. (laughs) Jesus never wants us to complain or simply be people who point out problems. God wants you to be a part of solving the problems. Think about this story. Jesus knew that he was going to feed this crowd, but he had the disciples think through the problem. He had the disciples go and search for food. He had the disciples put people into groups of 50 and 100 He had the disciples go and gather the five loaves and the two fish. He had the disciples hand out the food to the people that were there. He had the disciples collect all the leftovers. God works through people who are willing to serve. So roll up your sleeves, spend time in prayer, and ask God how he can use you to be a part of the solution. Amen and amen. Number two, write this down. Jesus cares for people in need regardless 
of how they ended up in their situation. This is so important because if we're not careful, our hearts get so calloused that whenever we see someone who's less fortunate, and let's be honest, everywhere you go, you see people who are less fortunate than you. But if we're not careful, we come up with a long list of excuses why we're not going to help them. Like they deserve their situation. They shouldn't have dropped out of school. Why, if they had paid attention in school like I did, they wouldn't be in the situation that they're in. Jesus could have come up with all kinds of excuses not to help the folks on that crowd that day. Why, he could have blamed them for not thinking ahead. He could have blamed them for their lack of personal responsibility. Why, he could have blamed the disciples for not having saved enough funds to take care of the less fortunate. Uh, he, he, Jesus could have said this. He said, if I do this miracle for you, then you're just going to be back here tomorrow looking for another miracle so you can simply have your bellies full. What the Bible says in verse 34, you saw this earlier, Jesus saw the large crowd. He had compassion on them. Because they were sheep without a shepherd, he made no excuses, and he knew as soon as he saw them that he was going to feed all 5,000 or 10,000 of them. And all I want you to know is we should be like Jesus. Number three, Jesus used a young child, just a young child to bless all the people. And the original Greek text, the word that is used here for this child is found nowhere else in the entire Bible. So the audience is clear about this boy's stature. It's not just a child, it's a, it's a young child. We believe that he was probably seven or eight years of age. And yet he's the one there with something to offer. And Jesus takes this boy's lunchbox and he feeds the entire crowd. And some people, as they read through this story, they assume that the miracle is that Jesus fed 5,000 people with just five loaves and a couple of fish. But the real miracle is that Jesus chose to work through a young child to bless the masses. Don't ever underestimate who God can use. And that's really the point of this entire series, that no matter who you are, that God can use you in a great way. Number four, little is more when placed in Jesus' hands. And this would be the main point of this miracle, correct? Uh, there are some 10,000 people, they're tired, they're hungry. It's late. Philip says, Lord, why don't you send these people away? And the Lord turns to the disciples and asks them what they have to eat. They say nothing. So Jesus says, why don't you go and find something yourselves and bring it to me? I can imagine earlier that morning there was a little boy who was running out of his house and his mama said, where are you going? And he said, I'm going to go see Jesus. And she said, you come back here. And the little boy ran back, and she said, let me fix you a lunch. I imagine this mother, she gave this little luncheous boy and said, you go, now don't, don't, don't eat it too soon. And he's sitting there in that crowd that day, and he's mesmerized by uh, all the miracles that he's watching and the teaching of Jesus and the forgiveness that's being offered in the crowds. And 
all of a sudden the little boy, he sees as Jesus whispers into the disciples' ears. And the disciples make their way, make themselves out throughout the crowd. And here comes Andrew walking by that young boy. And Andrew is saying, does anyone have anything to eat? Does anybody have any bread? Does, does anybody have any fruit? And one person says, well, I, I had something, but I ate it already. Someone else says, well, I, I had something, but I, I've given it away already. And the little boy, he's watching and he's listening and he's pondering. And all of a sudden, the little boy stands and he says, well, I have something to eat. And Andrew comes over to that little boy and he looks at that little boy and he says, he says, son, how would you like to do Jesus a favor? And the boy said, what's that? And Andrew says, well, the Lord sent me out here to find something to eat. And the little boy said, well, didn't Jesus bring his own lunch? Is he that disorganized? And he says, my mama packed this for me. And besides that, I'm hungry myself and Jesus doesn't even know who I am. I know, son, but... It's Jesus. Jesus is requesting it. And the boy says, okay, I guess. On one condition. Andrew says, what's that? He said, can I go with you? Andrew looked at the boy and said, sure, son, let's go. And they make their way through that crowd. And Andrew comes up to Jesus with this little boy, these five loaves, these two little fish. And the Bible says very clearly that Jesus took that loaf of bread and that he looked heavenward and that he gave thanks for the food and that's why all of us should pray before we eat because there's a lot of people that don't have food and you need to be thankful to God before you eat your food no matter what it is and the Bible says that he looked up to heaven that he gave thanks and then it says very clearly that he broke the bread and he gave it to the disciples to set before the people And that he also divided those two fish among all of them. And they all ate. And they were what? Do it, do it, do it. Come on. They were what? Satisfied. And then Jesus sent them out to pick up all the leftovers. And they had 12 basketfuls left over. These are are leftovers. These are scraps. God blessed them so much that they had 12 baskets left over. Thank Michael for helping me out here. Thank you, Michael. Michael's a good man. How many baskets were left over? I think that's 9, 10, 11. How many were left over? How many? How many... How many disciples were there? Oh. So every disciple who was wondering, how are we going to feed all these people? They all got to take one basket home with them as a reminder of what God did that day. And the lesson is this, that whatever you have, no matter how little it may be, no matter how insignificant it is, that if you would just give it to God and place it in God's hands, that God will multiply it. It's never about the size of your gift. It's always about the size of your faith. The Lord always desires for us to exercise our faith. 
See, it's one thing to give out of your surplus, which is what most of us do. Most of us just give God the leftovers, our leftovers. It requires no faith of any kind. But what God wants is for all of us to operate in faith, whether we have a little or whether we have a lot, that what we give should be done in faith. Mother Teresa wanted to build an orphanage for the abandoned children in India. And at the time, all she had was three shillings to her name. That's less than one American dollar. That's all she had. And yet she wanted to build an orphanage. And someone jeeringly said, well, what can you do? How can you build an orphanage with just three shillings? And someone said, well, Mother Teresa with three shillings can do nothing. But three shillings in the hands of God, there's nothing she can't do. And she went on to build not one orphanage, but she built over 30 orphanages. Because little is more when placed in Jesus' hands. And I'm, I know that the Lord God will bless our sacrifice when given in faith. You see, God did not need that little boy's lunch. He could have snapped his fingers and created an In-N-Out burger right there. He could have snapped his fingers on this side of the street and placed a soup plantation if he'd wanted to. But he wanted them to participate. And whatever little you had, he was going to take and he was going to multiply it. You say, well, I get your point, preacher, but I don't really, I don't really have anything to give. Well, you've got something to give. No, I've only got a little bit of time. You've only got a little bit of time? Yes, why don't you give that little bit of time to God and see what he does? with it you have a mind yeah but my mind isn't what it used to be well join the crowd give what's left of your mind to god and see if he doesn't bless you give him your heart yeah but my heart is so broken it's so unfocused it's okay Uh, that's the type of heart that god will take and mend and restore and he will bless you over and over again Give him your life. But my life, my life, I, I've, I've messed up my life. My life has been ruined. I, my past is so sordid. It's okay. Give your life to God. Watch him restore. Watch him bless. Let, watch him put you back together and to use you to do great things if you'll just place your life in his hands. I'm just a boy. What can I do? Give him your loaves. I'm retired. I'm an elderly person. All I've got is a few fish. Give him those fish. Well, I'm not worth much. Perfect. Perfect. Just put your life in his hands and watch what God does. Prophetically, everybody say prophetically. Most people read this story and they forget this point. It's very rarely mentioned in this story. But prophetically, the point of this whole story is that only Jesus can satisfy. Only Jesus can satisfy. I want you to go over. I want you to go over to uh, John's account, John chapter 6. And over in John's account, you have the reading of the story of this miracle that took place. 
And it's in this context where the people ate and were satisfied that they have this discourse about food and manna that comes from heaven and how your forefathers that God provided food every single day but they needed food the next day because of this truth that when you eat physical bread it you will be satisfied but i don't care how good that this tastes but no matter what you eat have you ever noticed that the next day you're still hungry because the things of this world will never satisfy. I want you to take your hand, take your hand, and move it up to your heart. Okay, right here. The things of this world will fill you down here, but the things of this world will never fill you here. You will never be satisfied in the deepest parts of your heart. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can do that. And Jesus, Jesus says this in John chapter 6. After this story, he says this, among many other things. Jesus declared, he said, I am the bread of life. Oh, don't miss this point. You can eat this stuff all day long. It's never going to satisfy the longings of your heart. He said, I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. And he says in verse 40, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on that last day. And he says it again in verse 51. He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And if anyone eats of this bread, he will live what? Forever. And some of you here today, in your heart, you are broken. You are discouraged. You are lost. You have no joy. You have no peace. You have no contentment because... You are chasing the things of this world that never satisfy. And if today you would come to Jesus and eat of that bread, you would never be hungry again, which means that you would never even desire to chase the things of this world because you know that your ultimate fulfillment comes from your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. 
You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.